This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Valentine's Day, Monday, February 14th, wherever and however you're connected. Hope you are all feeling the love. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with a guy who, unlike me, is still on a Super Bowl high, Jerem Jordan. I didn't know it was hat day. Well, I you needed to tell to support, me when it's hat day. I, I needed to support my Cincinnati Bengals in some way. Again, I needed to show the love to the Bengals even after another disappointing close Super Bowl loss. Now the Bengals have lost three Super Bowls by a combined 12 points. I sound like mm. a BYU fan in the 2016 season. Hey, they were only eight points away from being undefeated. 12, but yeah, you have to win the game. You can't tie the game. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'm wearing a Chelsea jersey. Do you know why? Don't they play in some big, huge European Cup game well, today? Well, um, you know, the Rams can claim a world championship, but the, uh, you know, the Chelsea Blues are the World Cup, uh, the World Club Cup champions. Well, there you go. They won the FIFA Club World Championship. Oh, they won it? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So actual world champions. I got lost in unlike, the Super Bowl mix. Unlike, you know, a single country's championship. Which is funny. We we make world uh, we make up sports and football and, and baseball and claim world championships. We're not playing the Japanese champs for the title in baseball. <laughs> no one else can hang in football. You know what I mean? It is funny. It is funny. But yeah, yeah. With football, world, world champs. Let's with, go. With football, it feels like you can probably pretty confidently say world champions. Right. It's just funny because only your country. Yeah. <laughs> country champions. <laughs> national champs. That's what it actually is, though. How it's many a national international players are in the National Football League? I'm willing to bet it's like less than 20. Yeah, probably. I would say like you could, you might be able to count them on two hands. Like, like you're not born in that country, or your parents are from another country. Like straight up international if, player, like born, like live somewhere else, and then like might live somewhere else. I was gonna say because if it's parents in another country, I'm guessing there's probably more than we think, right there, but. Yeah, like like Mick Stramanis, who's on the show, he's he's not technically Latvian, but he has not dual a, citizenship. That's not a race; that's a country, right? But he is uh, the son of you know a parent who lived in La- like he's sort of yeah he considers himself Latvian. So there you go. Yeah, great. He can play for cool. the Latvian national team. Yeah, which is really cool. He and uh, Chris Jabs Porzingis. There's the two Latvian athletes <laughs> I know right there. All right, here's your show lineup. I'm gonna pretend like I. Don't really care that the Bengals lost the Super Bowl, but I do care. So, whatever. Congratulations on your world championship, Jerem. <laughs> um, Matthew, nice. Matthew Stafford now has as many lose. Super Bowl wins as Aaron Rodgers. Hey, how about this? BYU basketball survives once again. Road sweep, Jerem. Everyone's feeling great, right? Mm, not so much. Does it give us confidence that BYU can now go and beat St. Mary's on a week's rest? Mm. Who's even going to be available for BYU basketball. We shall discuss. Also, Shaley Gonzalez. Heard of her? If you haven't, you should pay attention because BYU women's basketball and their star continue to produce results. Are they finally going to get respect this week with the new bracketology and the new rankings? Plus, Anik Hutchkovich of we'll, we'll BYU talk to her women's about it. golf. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, we need to get the confirmation on how to say her last name properly. That's how you know how to say someone's name. You ask them. 
And I did. She will tell us. Coming up. She will tell us. Yeah. And there's a reason we have her on the show, because she's really good at golf. She won the Tech State Yeah, fantastic okay. stuff. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Yo, Alex Barcelo went off for a career-high 33 points on 9 of 10 from 3. Woo. New career highs in both categories, by the way. As the Cougars beat Pepperdine, 91-85. A.B. rocks the dribble, guarded by Polk. A.B. right-hand bounce. Down to five on the shot clock. Down to four, down to three. Let them open for three. He takes it. He makes it again! 22 in the first half for A.B. Mark Durant called it. He's measuring. He's measuring. Joe Lenardi still has BYU as the last team in. Hanging on, baby. Big game Saturday at St. Mary's. No Thursday games. So BYU can load up all week. Root for LMU to beat Santa Clara on Thursday. And for San Francisco and St. Mary's to play a super taxing, tiring game on Thursday so that the Gales are worn out by Saturday. And this just in, Gonzaga is back to number one in the AP Top oh, Shocker. <laughs> Auburn loses. Gonzaga does their thing. They're number one again. BYU women's basketball, number one in the West Coast Conference. They win at St. Mary's, 84-69. The Cougars once again running away from an opponent in the second half, led by Shaylee Gonzalez and her career-high 35 points. She added seven steals and six assists. People, you need to watch these ladies hoop it up. BYU hosts LMU on Thursday, 11 a.m. Mountain Time. That's 1 Eastern in a Kids Day matinee game live on BYU TV. If you're close, show up. Use your lunch hour. Come watch BYU women's basketball. Just do it. Um, they should turn the lights on at St. Mary's. This is like the darkest highlights since uh, watching BYU play at Pacific. Yeah, I was going to say, it reminds yeah. me of Stockton. Cougars in the pros. Yoli Childs continues to crush it. 17.7 boards for the G League Salt Lake City Stars. Matt Harms had 12 points and 6 boards for BG Gottingen in Fraport Skyliners in Germany. And Jake Toulson had 10 points for uh, his team, uh, BG Gottingen. Excuse me. Fraport Skyliners is Matt's team. Yep. Jake's in the same league, by yes. the way. BG Gottingen. No one breaks down German basketball like BYU Sports. BYU men's volleyball woo, loses in five sets to UC San Diego on both Friday and Saturday. This is what BYU men's volleyball does this year. They play five-set matches. <sighs> Wild results. Disappointing finish. Star Davide Gardini totaled 37 kills over the two matches. Question is, will BYU be ranked in the top 15 when they play at UC Santa Barbara this Friday and Saturday? If they aren't, Spencer. Um... I think it's the first time since 91 BYU will have been unranked. 91. Whoa. More on that later. Softball began the season winning 4-5 at the Rebel Classic in Las Vegas, beating Cal State Bakersfield and Hawaii twice. Cougars head to Palo Alto for the Stanford Invitational this weekend. 19th-ranked BYU women's gymnastics wins a second straight dual meet against Boise State, beating the 24th-ranked Broncos with a solid road score of 196.450. BYU needs those good road scores to push up their national qualifying results. Next up, BYU hosts 23rd-ranked Southern Utah in another Mountain Rim Gymnastics Conference showdown Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern, 7 Mountain. That also will be live on BYU TV. Flipping birds, that's no joke. Flipping birds. I, I wouldn't say that on BYU TV if I couldn't. <laughs> Track and field competed in Lubbock and Seattle over the weekend. Courtney Wayman ran a 433.97 mile. Oh, to move up to fourth nationally. Sable Lohmeyer El Bakri posts a 65 five and a half weight throw, demolishing her previous weight throw record by more than two meters. Putting her at number two all time at Brigham. 
BYU men's and women's tennis both suffer head-to-head losses. The men dropping uh, a series against Boise State. They'll face New Mexico on Friday. The women lose to Fresno State. Heartbreaker 4-3. They have a doubleheader against Denver and Nevada starting Friday at 10 a.m. Mountain Time. All rise and shout. It is time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Survive and advance in the February frenzy of West Coast Conference basketball. BYU needed some incredible offensive performances to get through LMU and Pepperdine. Defense... Optional at times, it would appear, Jerem, in these unexpected high-scoring road contests. But fact of the matter is, BYU won both games. And as Jerem just told you, they are still the last team in, according to ESPN bracketologist Joe Lenardi. So, Jerem, BYU did what they needed to do, win the games. Does that give you confidence they will beat St. Mary's in Moraga after a week off? Now, game to game can be very different, right? But if we're talking about trends, no, BYU didn't trend in a defensive direction that would uh, make me feel confident BYU is going to win in St. Mary's. Offensively, though, eh, pretty good, right? Which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Two of them, courtesy of Cougar Stats. One, BYU had its two highest offensive efficiency games versus D1 opponents against LMU and Pepperdine. Okay, then. Offense, baby. I'll take it. I'll take it. Number two, BYU also added its two lowest non-Gonzaga defensive efficiency games of the season. Throw that out. <laughs> Terry Nashif. <laughs> Terry Nashif is pleased, right? Uh, BYU run and gun. It concerns me that BYU had to shoot 64% and go 15 of 23 to beat Pepperdine by six. That concerns me because it's like, oh my gosh, what if BYU only shot 50%? Would they have lost? Like. Why is uh, Houston Millette going for 31? Like, who is this guy? He's a freshman, right? Ridiculous. Pepperdine started four freshmen. But listen, uh, let, let's, let's look at both sides of this. The good. BYU won. And they played really well on one side of the ball and got it done. They, they shot they the ball incredibly well. And Caleb Lona was awesome. Yeah, Caleb Lona at 14, found some confidence, hit two threes. How about that? That's all Alex Barcella, career night. Like, amazing. 9 of 10. Oh, my gosh. Seniors he was doing senior things. He, he was on John Lucas. Like, it was good to get the win on Thursday night. But I'm like, ah, why, why, is it, why, is it, why is it this close? It could have easily gone the other way, right? Winning is awesome, no doubt. But if we're t- – period. If we're talking trends, yeah, BYU's not trending in the, in the right direction to feel confident to beat St. Mary's on Saturday. But, again, games can vary v- very quickly. Like – just because you play this way one night doesn't mean you're not going to play, you know, uh, a similar way the next night. BYU could totally this week load up and be like, we're all in on defense like, like we were in Provo. We'll score enough. What was the score? 52-43, I think. Like, that could happen again. But maybe BYU is like, you know what? We just have to score. We, we lost it on defense a little bit. Foose is injured. We'll see if Foose plays Saturday. Like, Foose, that was a surprise Saturday. It was like, oh, my gosh. Tiki's playing well. Caleb played well. Maybe that's the new formula. Every game is different. But BYU is still in the hunt. BYU is still in the bracket, barely. But if BYU beats St. Mary's, they might be off the bubble. Like, it might be that big of a win. We'll see if they can get it if done. If you have a season sweep of St. Mary's and you just pick up another road quadrant one victory, and now you've got the whatever it is. I know that the numbers are fluctuating in the net rankings, but if you've got eight or nine quad one and quad two wins and you've got four quad one wins – 
yes, BYU should feel more comfortable yeah. after they beat, which they will, LMU and Pepperdine in Provo. Like BYU's not losing those games in Provo. Got to take care of business in Moraga. Yeah, do we – okay, back to that point. Do we feel like be, it was because they were road games that they were close? Maybe. And, and I like think, at home, you don't think it's going to be close? I do not think it'll be close. So then it's road then, games. right? Sure. Ro- because it was road? Road gets weird. And when you're throwing in the fact that Foose didn't play against Pepperdine, I feel like he would have made a huge impact in BYU's defensive efficiency at the rim. Having three of the four bigs out, I guess Caleb's a big, three of the five. It's brutal. Rough. It's absolutely brutal. And in that brutal. gym, there's some weird mojo with BYU historically. Like, it just is. Or were they three and four? It's, or, or, it or was four and four and five going into that game. At, at one point, BYU was worse at Pepperdine than they were at Gonzaga. It's so crazy. <laughs> it more wins in That's, the kennel than they did at Firestone I, Fieldhouse. I think it like you're five into the WCC or something. Good it was crazy. Yeah. Hey, so the question that I just asked you, Jeremy, is am I confident that BYU will go and win? I'll tell you what does not make me confident. 18 turnovers against Pepperdine. Woof. It's that simple to me. For BYU to have a shot to win at St. Mary's, ball security. Ball security. Which we don't phrase that in basketball, but I agree. It's don't, like, don't, don't turn the ball over 18 times against Pepperdine and BYU wins by 20. Wait, so if BYU didn't make the shot, they turned it over. Because they missed 18 shots. Yes. And they had 18 turnovers. Which is crazy. <laughs> that is a crazy stat. Yeah. You shoot 64%. Insane. And you win by 6 because you turn the ball over 18 times. Yeah, it it intimidates me because you know who stinks? Pepperdine and LMU. Bad teams. Don't turn the ball over. BYU barely won. 18 times against Pepperdine and BYU's ball security against LMU was almost equally as bad. Yes. So, hopefully BYU can correct that. They did what they needed to do. This place this this team was in a weird place. They got some wins. I don't like how they did it, but I love that they did it. And now you can load up for the biggest game of the season at St. Mary's Saturday that you need to win to feel like you can go into Vegas and be in an in position and perhaps avoid being on Gonzaga's side of the bracket. Because if you're on Gonzaga's side of the bracket and you lose St. Mary's, you probably need a semi-win over Gonzaga to make the tourney. That's how I feel. Like We'll see how it shakes out. But that's the worst-case scenario. Value possession, play defense. How did BYU win all of those weird, ugly games early? They valued possession and they BYU played was, defense. BYU put some wax on that and was like, it's not going to be weird. We're just going to score a bunch. How about that? We'll just make all the shots. Like Spencer Johnson came back. He's been in a funk. Caleb loner has been in a funk. They showed up, which is great. Seneca Knight's been good. BYU Tijon Lucas, it. last all two games, it. has been really good. Let's go. The resume update, and this, again, drives home the idea that BYU absolutely still has some work to do. Oh, 50's tough, dude. 51 in the net rankings, 52 in the Ken Palm ratings, mm. last team in in bracketology. Yeah, 12 <laughs> seed as of Friday. Team rankings now has BYU with a 19.4% chance <laughs> to make the NCAA tournament. I want to remind everyone that BYU had an 80% chance of making the tournament three and a half weeks ago. That's incredible. Three and a half weeks ago, that was 80%. And BYU is a projected seven seed. Got to win Saturday. If you don't win Saturday, 
now you're in real trouble. Then you are praying, you're in real trouble. praying that the Ken Palm metric, if that's a thing, and that's going to help rate Adjusted the WCC 1%. teams. Undoubtedly it will. Spence, I think it's inevitable that this will show up. Okay. I think they need to release it ASAP, like – so that teams can see where they stand. Then we'll know what seed BYU is. Now, if you don't beat St. Mary's, then you are praying that that metric places BYU somewhere three or four with a chance to sneak into that third spot. But it doesn't feel like BYU can do that. You, It feels like you have to win at St. Mary's. No question. If you have any hope, nope. any hope of avoiding Gonzaga. You have to be two or three. In the semifinals. I think St. Mary's will be two. It's a question of whether BYU can can out-muscle San Francisco and Santa Clara to three. There might be four teams in the conference that finish with five losses. How about that? Then there won't be any ties, though, because if you go Ken Palm adjusted win percentage, you're not going to finish with Hopefully. the same. De- they'll, he'll, like, stretch out the decimal, you know, to the 23rd one, and he's like, "What? see, it was eight, and you had seven. Hopefully <laughs> a road win at St. Mary's gives BYU the edge. <sighs> Got to win. I don't care. If BYU win. wins at St. Mary's, I don't care if they get to Gonzaga in the semifinals. doesn't matter. Win, win your quarterfinal against Santa Clara. You need that whoever. quad one win. Yeah. Just get the quad one win at St. Mary's. Yes. Right there. Yes. Control I, your destiny. I would, well, yeah, if BYU, I would rather have a win over St. Mary's in a semi um, in Vegas, just as like a last-ditch mm. thing. But I'd love both because <laughs> then BYU's in, baby. My love language on Valentine's Day is winning. Okay. <laughs> what is that one? That wasn't one of the five. BYU basketball, my love language is winning. Words of affirmation. Physical or, touch. Our question of the gifts, day. Who, acts of service. Who or what is your BYU Sports Valentine and why? A win at St. Mary's is, is my Valentine. Let's go. On Saturday? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll wait for it. Laser Sheep on Twitter. Fusini Traore by a long shot because if rebounding were a relationship, he would be a steal and a slam oh dunk. The <laughs> guy nice. has had such an impact and all of the fans are in love with his game. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I would take Foose back in the lineup as well. I, yeah. In fact, I don't know how BYU beats St. Mary's if Foose doesn't play. They're too big. They're too big and talented. Yeah, I think Foose got How? You're going to shoot 70% and not turn the ball over 18 times? Well, okay. you just need to – does BYU have to go back to what worked in game one? Just incredible defense, 43 points allowed. Can BYU Foose do it? You're you coming off of Foose giving up – defense. Your two worst games. <sighs> yeah. Coming up. Our favorites from the Super Bowl. Plus, dual threat analyst Blaine Fowler joins us to discuss how in the world BYU is going to beat St. Mary's. Mm-hmm. What's the key if Foose doesn't play? This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. I'm a professional mom, and I mean business. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join us tomorrow for BYU Basketball with Mark Pope as the coach reviews two road wins and prepares for a massive game at St. Mary's Saturday night. Tomorrow night, 8.30 Eastern on the BYU TV app. I wonder if he's going to read more mean tweets. <laughs> Probably not. They Probably. won both games. They won both games this week, right? Yeah, that was fun, though. That was great. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton. Yes, I'm wearing a Bengals hat. I love them win or lose. Alongside Jerem Jordan and his team are world champions. Unfortunately, mine are not. <laughs>
<laughs> Joining us now over Zoom is a man who is a champion in our hearts and an actual national champion with BYU football, dual threat analyst Blaine Fowler. Blaine, happy Monday. Uh, hope you're surviving the lack of football for the next few months. How are you going to handle that emotionally? I'm really down. I mean, the only thing that really that gave me any kind of hope whatsoever is that I'm going to carry with me the halftime show for yes. NHL football season. That was amazing. That was, that, so was, good. That, was, that was old school, my generation. Those are my guys. I was like, yes, this is just going to keep me. Anytime I get down, I'm just going to think of that halftime show, and it'll, <laughs> it'll carry me till camp starts in the fall. You'll so just I'll hang upside good. down like dollar cent. I mean, fifty cent. <laughs> and you'll just when, you know, when, when, summon when, uh, that. When Dre went to the piano and then steps away, oh. and those just goes in. Like I got the chills yes, from that, you yes. guys. That's yes. Yeah, that was awesome. It was, it was so, so good. good. And you know what? Snoop can still bring it. Like, yes. come on, he's fifty years old, and he was just bringing it. It was awesome. And Dre <laughs> looks so as good. good as ever. What the heck? Those guys are timeless, right? It's going to yes. be hard to beat. Like, L.A. repping L.A. right there was pretty cool. Those are all the acts that, you know, I realize that M's a, um, Eminem's a, a Detroit kid. But remember, Dre went out and signed him. And, yeah. And so those were, all, those were all Dre guys that he produced. It was, it was pretty cool. And then, and then the game was a fantastic game. And how many times have you know, we watched the Super Bowl when it didn't live up to the billing? And this one lived up to the billing. It's fantastic, and, yes. You know, yeah, the quarterbacks played great. And there was all kinds of drama. And, and I love the fact that the Rams down the stretch just said, listen, you can take your nine guys and our nine guys are going to block and just play with those nine guys. And then this is just going to be Matt Stafford throwing into cup against double coverage. And, not, and we don't care. We're just going to throw it there. And you see if your two guys can stop him. And bottom line is they couldn't. It was awesome. Yeah, they it couldn't. Pretty, they couldn't, Blaine. Amazing. They, couldn't they couldn't stop Cooper Cup. And he smells like cinnamon. <laughs> it's better and the than throws that, that the throws that Matt was making. Like Cup, first of all, is a ridiculous beast. It didn't He's matter so what good. they did. finally so they're just good. like we're just going to grab the guy and hope they don't call it right. But but the throws that Stafford was making to Cup, he was throwing him open against double coverage. I mean, it was it was really fun to watch. And Joe Burrow's. It, it, Joe Burrow's going to be something. I mean, he is going to be – he's he's already a special player. So, uh, no, that was a great game. So, you have a great game, and you have, like, maybe the best halftime show I've seen. I can't even remember a better halftime show. And and uh, what a great Super Bowl Sunday we had. It was awesome. I mean, you probably got to go back to Michael Jackson. Seriously. For, like, yeah, a, a comparable exactly. halftime show. No, you're show. right. It's been that long. You're right on. It's, yeah. it's been that long. So, that long. was fun. I, I loved it, but then reality sat in about 11 o'clock as I was heading to bed. And I'm like, well, that's it. And now, <laughs> no football. But then I reminded myself that, um, yeah, what's that music that's like, blah, blah, blah. But, um, Debbie Downer. But then I, remember, yeah, then I remembered it was still basketball season, yep. and there's a lot going on <laughs> with that. And we got a lot to look forward to. So thank goodness, right? Indeed. Thank goodness for basketball. We have a ton to discuss as we push through this February frenzy to a hopeful March Madness inclusion for BYU men's basketball in the NCAA tournament. Blaine, it feels like BYU has to win at St. Mary's to feel comfortable about an at-large spot. I know not technically, and I heard a few guys over the weekend say, well, BYU doesn't have to win that game, but it sure would help. Where do you stand on it? Does BYU have to win at St. Mary's to feel comfortable about an at-large spot? See, with, with that verbiage that you just used, Spencer, the answer to that is yes. Like, to feel comfortable? Absolutely. 
And and I feel like if they if they win Saturday, and man, could they have picked a better time? Like they didn't pick it, but could they have scheduled a better time to have a week to prepare? Um, because. The, F- right. the okay. FCC has cut off Blaine. There's an oh Blaine, we, we there's an outside. Back. We He's lost back. you just for a second. We lo- we lost you for a second, oh. Blaine. So so go back and tell us again about the perfect timing of BYU basketball having a week off to prepare for Randy Bennett and St. Mary's. This game, the word you use, Spencer, is to be comfortable, right? And and the answer to that is absolutely they have to win to be comfortable. Can they still get in? Yeah, you know, and I expect them to win against Pepperdine and LMU, having just played them and now get them at home. They're, they're going to win those two games. I, I feel pretty good about that. They won one without Foose, right? Um, and, but then they're going to have to go do some work in the in the conference tournament um, and still have an outside chance that they could be excluded. They beat St. Mary's and then down the stretch beat Pepperdine and LMU at home. Then they're in a, they're a really good position at that point because that St. Mary's game pulls a lot of clout in terms of net and all those things that we include in, in that selection process. So it's a huge game. And this timing of having a week to prepare for them, I think is really important. And the reason I say that is I felt like the first time these two teams played, BYU scout on St. Mary's was so on the mark. It was perfection. They, they were in the right spots. They knew who the shooters were. Um, the guys that weren't shooters, they let him catch it out on the perimeter, and they hesitated. The guys that were shooters, BYU was right there on the catch. They understood who they had to mark on the perimeter and who they could help off of like no other game this season. And then the bigs inside did a good job of, of cutting off um, the, the drives and cutting off and making the big guys work and pushing them a little bit further away from the basket. They did just enough inside to create problems. And, and you know, St. Mary's has this great inside-out game. A lot of teams in this league rely on their penetration. You come off a ball screen, turn the corner, and go really hard downhill on the dribble drive, get in rotations and kick. St. Mary's does some of that, but they also move the ball inside out where they throw it into the post and kick it back out. In that first matchup, BYU was so on and understanding where the ball was going, and every shot was contested. And that result was St. Mary's shot 29% from the field and 17% from three. That's back when we were saying, guys, hey, BYU is so good defensively, they don't even need to be a great scoring team um, to to win games. And that's why we thought that they would finish number two in this league, hands down, and we're really, really prepared for an NCAA tournament run. And and the last few games, I mean, I look at that Pepperdine game, and and BYU shoots 64% from the field, 65% from three, and they win by six? And And oh, by the way, they were plus 14 in rebounding margin, and they still only won by six? It's because they couldn't stop Pepperdine. No. 59% from the field, 44%. I mean, it's they've been really struggling to find that magic. Um, and I think part of that is they Yeah. And it just, I mean, it just got, it got super ugly. It got super ugly taking yes. care of the ball, Blaine. 18 turnovers at Pepperdine as well. Yeah, my, minus nine in turnover margin in that Pepperdine game. That's a great equalizer, right? You go out and shoot 64%, you win by 20, don't you? You yeah. can't miss a shot if three. you turn it over. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Barcelo goes 10 of 12 and scores 33, even though they're doubling him, and you win by six. And so that's a complete reflection on them defensively. And the way they beat St. Mary's the first time around was on the defensive end of the floor. You can't say anything else but that. They have to find that. And I love the fact 
that they have a whole week to go back, review what they did the first time, watch all of the tape, have a great scout in place, understand what they've got to do defensively. And if they win this game Saturday, it's going to be on the defensive end of the floor. And you watch. When that ball gets kicked out to, to St. Mary's shooters, BYU's got to be there on the catch, ready to contest that shot. Um, that's what they did the first time around. That's what they've got to do this time. They get this game Saturday, and they're perfectly capable. Um, then they're in a really, really good position. Then then that word that you use, Spencer, comfortable. Yeah. Yeah, I feel really good about that comfortable word if they beat St. Mary's Saturday night. And then I would still need BYU to be the three seed and win a semifinal to feel comfortable at that point for me. Because yeah. St. Mary's 21 in net. This would be the best win of the season as uh, we look at the metrics. So the question, Blaine, twofold here is, one, do you feel like BYU can suddenly turn on the defense? And two, if Foose can't play with that groin, um, injury, can they turn on the defense? That, that's the hard part. If Foose can, can get back, he and Atiki both have to play well, even if Foose is back. And, and I'm watching Atiki grow up in front of our eyes. Hey, we watched Foose grow up right in front of our eyes early in the season. Um, but they're still young. Still sometimes like Foose will come and he'll be late on a rotation and the other team gets an easy two. Um, and so so not only do those two do, – do you need Foose to play – you need Loner to be really, really good um, and really physical against the St. Mary's team and, and use his quickness to get in position as those bigs are going to make their catch so they're never really comfortable. So, you know, we don't, we don't talk about Loner defensively that much. And, and, you know, he finally had a breakout game offensively where I just loved his aggression, uh, you know, this, this last weekend. Um, but really, he's got to play lights out defense. This is a big basketball team. And, and you need all three of those guys. And if you don't have Foose, then that's even more pressure on Atiki to be phenomenal and be able to stay on the floor and guard without fouling. And then Loner's got to play so far above his head defensively and just be a beast inside if they're going to have any chance if Foose doesn't play. Blaine, before you go, I want to ask you about something that we saw from T. John Lucas. Uh, I believe he was the one to initially tweet this out, but he sent out a picture that showed five starters for BYU basketball None of those five members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and four minorities. And he said, we're changing the culture at BYU. What do you think of seeing a picture like that and a starting five like that, we believe, for the first time ever in the history of BYU basketball? Yeah, I think, I think it's awesome. And, and the thing that's most important about that is that, that you guys and I, you know, we know all of these guys, right? So we get to be a little closer than, than most. And, and it's not just that there's diversity on the roster because it, it's it's not just um, you know people of color and, and people of different re religions, but they're from all over the globe, right? So there's all of these cultures, but there is one common thread. They're all very comfortable with the culture of BYU. And, and Mark and his staff have done a great job. You know, you, you've got two active Muslim um, players on this team that very, feel very comfortable and, a, and a, an environment that that talks about religion and talks about faith. And so all, all of these players on this team buy into this. I want to be at a faith-based institution. It doesn't matter whether I'm Catholic or Protestant or a member of the Church of Jesus Christ or Latter-day Saints or Muslim. They all have this common thread that they want to be at a faith-based institution. They want to play at a high level. Um, to me, that's the coolest thing of all, is that, that all of this diversity – melds and there's this common thread that holds these guys together um i think it's really cool and i think it's awesome and i think it makes a huge statement 
um, that if, if Mark and his staff go out and they're careful and pick the right guys that believe in that common culture, you can have phenomenal diversity and represent the globe with BYU athletics. I, I think it's awesome. Amen to that. Blaine, great stuff. Uh, let's hope that uh, BYU, while they are changing the culture, they can change their current trend and get into the NCAA tournament with a big win at St. Mary's. What You know the culture I want to see come back? The culture in the first St. Mary's game, which was you are not going to get an uncontested shot. Yeah. We play lights out defense. Deal with that. That's what I want to see on Saturday night. Love it. Let's go. Thanks, Blaine. All right, guys. Talk to you soon. Blaine Fowler with us on BYU Sports Nation, dual threat analyst, uh, and he brings up some great points. Defend like crazy. And then back to what we were talking about, just value possession. Take care of the ball. If BYU can do those two things, they have a good shot, right? Yes. It's been a minute, and BYU's gone through some stuff. Uh, Hopefully they can leverage that into the best performance they could possibly have in the biggest game of the season up to this point. Hopefully that includes Foose. Yeah, seriously. No, they need him. Coming up, did we uh, witness the greatest halftime show ever yesterday? Woo! Maybe. And did Shaley Gonzalez of BYU Women's Basketball have the best performance of any BYU athlete over the weekend? AB may have a thing to say about that. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Marisk, enabling global trade for a growing world. 20th ranked women's hoops. We'll see if they uh, go up. Probably not, given the AP voters and what they've done this week. <laughs> uh, uh, return home Thursday after a big win at St. Mary's host LMU. Coverage begins at 1 Eastern. It's an earlier game. 1 Eastern. Live on BYU TV and the app. He is Jerem Jordan. I'm Spencer Linton. This is BYU Sports Nation on Valentine's Day. Hope you're enjoying the holiday. To interact with the show and get content throughout the day, including Valentine's special messages that have been put together by our social media team. Oh, shoot. Check it out. Instagram. Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok. Let's whip it! Cougar Whip Round presented by Marisk, your integrated container logistics company enabling global trade for a growing world. Shaylee F. Gonzalez had a career-high 35 points, followed up by Alex Barcelo's career-high of 33 all Saturday. Which BYU basketball star had the more impactful career day? This is so tough. I feel like we're splitting hairs right here because BYU women's basketball needed, like, every point that Shaylee scored in the first three quarters to maintain a lead, and then... Then they didn't ulti- in the fourth. Ultimately, yeah, like they... <laughs> Blow out away. city. But just with what was on the line for the men... Look at the lighting difference here. Yeah, it's a little bit better in Firestone Fieldhouse than well, for the men. Maybe TV cameras had something to do with it, too. It's the broadcast. they got to crank up. I'm going to give the edge to Alex Barcelo here, Jaron, because it was a must-win scenario for BYU men's basketball. Yes, it was. And... Uh, the fact that they both go for 30-plus is just ridiculous. Shout-out to Arizona, who produced both. Not bad. Well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, Jerem, did we witness the greatest NFL postseason of all time when you think about all of those yeah. crazy playoff games? Yeah, and, and back to what Blaine was saying. I didn't think it was a great game. Just because it's close doesn't mean that it's a great game. There was some, there was some tough offense. Like, neither team could run. You could argue, ah, great defense. I like a little more flow. I think we all like the Bills Chiefs when it was back and forth, back and forth, right? Um, it was it was close. But the whole postseason, oh, it was amazing. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Hey, we saw some Ryan great Smith catches. Yeah. Odell Beckham had a great touchdown catch. Jamar Chase had a ridiculous catch on a long throw from Joe Burrow. Trick play, Joe Mixon throwing a touchdown as a running back. There were some fun plays. Yeah, it wasn't high school. Diggins had a nice face mask touchdown. Uh, yes, he did. 
And then uh, how did I miss that? And then you know what? There was a makeup call later on a holding uh, on the final drive, so it evened out. Well, dude, on the third and goal, it's a false start that isn't called, and then there's a pass interference. Like the Bengals lost oh. the Super Bowl because of that play, probably best Super Bowl commercial. I loved the NFL, like the claymation figures. That was my favorite commercial. Like that came out of the screen yes. video thing? That was awesome. I love yeah, that. Yeah, that was cool. What about you? I like the one with Larry David where he was he was wrong throughout history. Because <laughs> they, they go, this is called the fork. And he goes, I got 10 forks right here, baby. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. Very yes. Leave it to Larry I'm David. I'm never wrong. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's say the Super Bowl. Halftime show. We just discussed the best postseason of all time. Was that the best halftime show of all time? I think it is because of who you all brought in there, right? It's so many like, people. Like Michael Jackson is probably the the goat of performances, singular person doing it. They didn't but and when you're so good individually, you don't need other people with you, right? Like when they had Coldplay, they're like, is Coldplay enough? We need to bring in Beyonce. Or and Bruno Mars. And then Beyonce and Bruno Mars like kind of over I love Coldplay. You and I love Coldplay. But it's like, bro, that was pretty sweet. But yeah. why'd they do 50 cent like that, hanging him upside down? <laughs> I, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. He looked like a whole dollar. Marshall Mathers was <laughs> tremendous, by the way. He was great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah as a collective group, that was the best halftime show ever. Like, Michael Jackson will win the individual performance forever. Yes. That's, I'm telling you, he should be credited for being so good, they didn't put anyone with him. <laughs> uh, Jeremy, how about this? Now that the NFL season is over, do we need to fully embrace the countdown for BYU football? No, but let's do it anyway. Countdown to the Bulls. 201. It's a bull. Uh, 200 tomorrow. 200. Let's do it tomorrow again. Are we good? Yeah, 200. Everybody? We'll do it again. I'm all in on yeah. 200. Yeah, and then after that, 199 maybe, and then after that, <laughs> nah. Just let's take a little break. When, when we're like at 150. Oh, okay. Let's just do like 175, 150. Do I hear 200? Do I hear 250? Coming up, our double down picks were the worst. Well, it didn't help that Foose didn't play. Well, one of them, Alex Barcelo, I think reacted to. Yeah. And BYU women's golfer, Anik, how do you say her last name? We're about to find Let's out. Let's discuss it. Let's discuss it on BYU Sports Nation next. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. On the newest Deep Blue Pod, I talked with Washington Commanders receiver Dax Milne about his 2020 season at BYU, the Coastal Carolina game, the decision to leave early, and his rookie season in the NFL. Let's do it on the BYU Radio app or where podcasts are found. Don't sleep on Dax Milne, baby. Don't do it. No longer underappreciated. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B on Valentine's Day. And, uh, Jeremy, you had an opportunity this morning to speak with the young lady that just won her first collegiate golf tournament. Her first name is Anique. The question is, how do you say her last name? I asked her that very question, Spence. Here it is. All right, Anique, first off, let's talk about the pronunciation of your name. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's Polish. Yes. Which is awesome. Okay, you say it, and then I'll try and say it back to you. Okay. My last name or the whole name? Uh, your last okay. name. Okay. Anique, right? Yeah, Anique. And then Hutchkevich. Hutchkevich. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I've worked so hard before this to that try was and nail perfect. it that was when perfect. we're on camera. Um, yeah, and let's talk about your family. Like, uh, where'd you grow up? And, and I guess your parents were acrobats in Cirque du Soleil. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so I was born and raised in Vegas, but my dad is obviously Polish with that last name. <laughs> he was born and raised there and kind of lived there for 20 years, so he has 
full accent, like mm. straight out of Poland. Wow. And then my mom is Canadian, and so I have my dual citizenship actually, and we spend a lot of time up there in the summers. And yeah, but born and raised in Vegas, um, I love it down there. It's, That's awesome. Yeah. Where, where's your mom from in Canada? Vancouver. Vancouver, mm-hmm. BC. Okay. Yep. You have a nice mix of culture and language yeah. and you know different traditions. I guess what was it like growing up in your family? Well, my dad spoke Polish to us a lot when we were younger. Do you speak it? A little bit, yeah. Cool. I'm not fluent. I mean, I can understand when my grandparents speak to me. Like, mm. I can totally have a conversation, but in no way could I be, like, amazing at it. Like, <laughs> do, do return missionaries from Poland ever talk to you? No, Polish? never. Like, what? I've never, ever, Come ever. Come on, talk to a Nick in I Polish. <laughs> Let's go. I've never heard a re- return missionary from Poland. So. The setter on the volleyball team, one of them, is yeah, uh, from Poland. Poland. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I did know. Slavinsky. That. Yeah, yeah. Cool. kind of the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, when do you get into golf? Because, uh, or were you a gymnast or into acrobat uh, right. stuff like your parents? Yeah, so kind of different. Like my sister does ballet. She's a professional up in Canada. My parents, obviously, acrobats. I did ballroom for a little bit mm-hmm. when I was younger, but my dad loves golf. And so I kind of just started with him. We would go to the range about every day. And then... Well, how old were you? 10. I was around 10. That's and awesome. then I started competing when I was 13. So I just took, like, group lessons. Didn't My dad honestly kind of taught me throughout my whole life. And then I've had coaches here and there, but it's always been my dad. He's been with me, like, forever. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So, um, and we'll talk about you winning the Texas State Invitational here in a second, but tell me more about your parents being in Cirque du Soleil. Was it when you were little? Was it recently? Uh, it's been, yeah, my whole life, honestly. My mom, wow. she retired when she had me, so she wasn't in it for for 20 years, or no. For 10 years. 10 years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So they actually met on tour in London, and then they um, moved to Vegas because there was a show there, mm-hmm. and they were going to be part of the original show. And so then my dad retired about two years or three years ago. So he's been doing it for a long time, but now he's a bit old. So That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. And. Th- I mean, did you have stuff around the house where they practiced, or did they have to go somewhere else? Uh, no, they it was just from on the strip. Yeah. <laughs> no, on the strip. I mean, yeah. I've been to so many shows. Yeah. Like we've been to all like the openings. We backstage. Like it was like a number one thing for like our birthday parties or something. Like we'd bring all of our friends and go backstage. That's pretty cool. Everyone's like, "Oh my gosh, like can we jump on the trampolines?" I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> like something like that. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. We're talking to Anik. Hutchkevich. Yes. On BYU Sports Nation. <laughs> so um, you get into golf at age 13. You start competing. When does BYU enter the conversation for you? Because now you're a senior and you just won your first tournament. Right. So honestly, like my whole family doesn't really even really golf or we didn't even know about like college sports. So I played in a few tournaments for like Southern Nevada and I actually played in this tournament called um, Junior Girls America's Cup and I was paired with Alicia May. Okay, one of your teammates. Right. That's cool. And so we were about like 14, 15, and Coach was actually watching the both of us. And so she was walking. It was actually – it's a really cool story. So she was like walking with us, like sent us an email after, and then Alicia and I kept in touch, and we kind of were just like, hey, did you get an offer from Coach or not offer? Like just an email. And we're like, yeah. Hoping the other did if you did. Right, right. right. But we kind of figured because Coach was like clapping for the both of us, you know. (laughs) And so she came out, and she went on a visit, and then I went on a visit. So I 
I went on a visit to UNLV, ASU, and then BYU. I came here like three times. I went with my mom, I went with my dad, and then Alicia and I actually had our official visit together. Mm. And so, yeah, it was super fun. I just fell in love with BYU when I came here, and so... That's awesome. Yeah. And Carrie Roberts is a baller. Right. She's one of my favorite people on campus. I know. What is it like to be coached by Carrie? Because she's a competitor. Right. She can be very feisty, but Mm -hmm. she's also like a great hang, it seems like. Oh, absolutely. She's so much fun. And she's just super chill, you know? Like, I feel like you can tell her anything you want. Yeah. You know, she's kind of like, obviously a coach, for sure, number one coach, and then a friend. Mm. And so it's like, we're super comfortable with her. She's always a fun time, always wants to do fun activities when we're out on trips, and being coached by her is super fun. Like, she's tough on you, but it's for the best, and she cares. Like, that's the number one thing is, like, Mm. she just cares so much. That's a a tough blend to find sometimes. Right. All those things you just – Yeah, I know. Can she still swing it, by the way? Oh, yeah, all the time. She played with us on Friday. Is she better than you guys, or you, like? I don't know if I should. <laughs> uh, no, she's, she's a. Can she hang? Oh, my God, yeah. yeah. She she can beat us. LPGA Tour. Yeah, wow. like, she fires it up. Yeah, she got some good shots. a good answer, even if it isn't true, right? As a coach, <laughs> you got to say it. Come no, on, it's right? true. She yeah. does. Yeah, okay, good, good. Okay, tell me about the Texas State Invitational. Um, you, you shoot a final round 68, 500 for the tourney. What was it like to win that and play that well? It was super exciting. I mean, it's my first college win and kind of come a long way from last year. I was on the struggle bus, but coming back from that, just super happy. Awesome for the team to also get the win. And uh, yeah, no, my I struck the ball really well that week. Just hit it close, made putts, and just kind of was super focused. How'd but. you get off the struggle bus? Because being on the struggle bus sucks. It's so hard. Uh, a lot of hard work and tears. Like, it was the worst. And tears. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right? I Seriously, I shot like 86 mm. a lot during my rounds in tournaments last year. And I'd be like, oh, my gosh, I got it this time, Coach. I got it. Like, I'd play good in qualifying. And then I'd go to the first team and be like hitting a provisional. And so, <laughs> yeah. But, no, honestly, after I would say West Coast Conference last year, we were leading for the first, like, 50 holes. And then we all kind of had a tough ending, which we lost it. But we kind of sat down together as a team after, and we kind of just talked about, like, what we need to do to get better. And everyone was on team, you know, everyone was on board, and we kind of just did exactly what we said we needed to do and came out strong last fall semester, won our first two events, and then won our first event of the spring season. So Picked right up. Yep. Which is pretty good. <laughs> I love this team. One, because you guys are fun. You're really good. And then I love the the blend of types of people. So yeah. Golf has been traditionally, you know, a white game. Yeah. There's a lot of Polynesians on this team, which is mm-hmm. really cool. And it's sort of like, I don't know if it's the Finau effect yeah. of Polynesians <laughs> in Utah playing golf. But right. it's pretty cool Yeah. Um, to, to have a lot of different types of people from different backgrounds right. on this team, right? Right. I mean, if you go to any tournament, I think you look at our team and you're like, what? Right? Like, there's just everyone, every kind of person there. And so it's super fun. But also it's awesome, like, the team chemistry that we have together. I mean, obviously we're all so different. We're mm-hmm. all from different places. Yep. You're from Vegas, but, like, right. the Polish angle, right? Yeah. Right, yeah. exactly. Alicia's from Hawaii, but she, her, she's Filipino. And yep. then we've got a Tongan and Samoan. Crazy. Hey, let's go. No rivalry though, and then we got <laughs> we got Adeline up in there from California. But yeah. yeah, she's awesome. We love her as a freshman. She's come through. She's clutch. 
Listen, when you're a freshman <laughs> coming into this program, we're expected to go to the tourney and play. <laughs> yeah. A lot of pressure, right? Right. I know, pressure. but she just comes through. She's That's awesome. Tough. Okay, what's next for you guys? So we leave next weekend to Sacramento. We're playing in UC Davis's event, and we're playing Del Paso. I heard it's a nice country club, so okay. should be good. Awesome. Yeah. Well, congrats on the win as a team and individually. And, Thank you. Uh, now, full disclosure, you worked here for like a day, like last <laughs> year, right? We were trying. You're going to be a production assistant. Yeah. We talked about you all the time. We're like, hey, is, what, uh, what's up with Anique? We know she's busy. <laughs> da da da. So it's fun to finally get you in here. I know, hilarious. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Thanks for the time. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Anik Hutchkevich. Hutchkevich. Yeah, pretty cool. There you go. Okay, coming up, rise and shout-outs to career highs. And we recap our double-down failures. Uh, woo! This is BYU Sports Nation. <laughs> this portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Nation on a two-minute drill to close out today's show, and it begins with our double-down recap. Jerem still leads 34-21 after the weekend because nobody scored a point nope. for us in the BYU game at Pepperdine. It didn't help that Foose didn't play, Jerem, in my yeah. cause. Uh, and one of your erroneous picks may have ignited Alex Barcelo. You are one to speak, Spence. <laughs> um, yeah, I said Alex Barcelo won't be the leading scorer for BYU. <laughs> 33, Excuse me? career high, 9 of 10. Excuse me? And then uh, BYU have five plus blocks. They only had one. Yeah, no Foost. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Foost. I was burned by that 12. too. He couldn't score 12 because he didn't play. Atiki had eight and eight. Let's go. All right, our question of the day. It's Valentine's Day. Naturally, we want to know who your BYU sports Valentine is. You're mine. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Beating St. Mary's is mine. And then you're number two. Oh, okay. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Our elite voice of the day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. Doug Heath on Twitter says, yes. All I know is I like St. Valentine. A lot more than St. Mary's. Okay, let's go. You and me, Doug. You and me. Douglas. Today's Rise and Shoutouts presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Why not give it to a couple of career performers with their career performances, Alex Barcelo and Shaylee Gonzalez? 30-plusers, man. Career highs. Ballers from Arizona. What's up? 35 and 33, respectively. All right, our thanks to today's guests, Anik Hutchkevich and Blaine Fowler. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use that hashtag BYUSN. Dennis Pitted didn't score 30 plus. No, he didn't. For Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton. Shout out to Ambrosia Anderson. Nice. Remember her? Yep. Yep. Go Cougs! <laughs>